It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is catfishing? How does someone prevent themselves from being catfished? And is catfishing a crime? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. it's just me, but there seems to be so many things coming out lately about catfishing. We, of course, have the MTV show Catfish. We've all seen that. Hopefully, it's, it's a great show. Also very disturbing. But more recently making headlines is Netflix's documentary, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. That one tells the story of former NFL player Manti Teo's catfish experience. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's incredible. But where's the data? Well, according to the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center, in 2020 alone, over 23,000 U.S. citizens reported being a victim of catfishing. And the financial damage caused by catfishing is devastating. So is catfishing illegal? What do I do if I discover I'm being catfished? Can you sue someone for trying to impersonate you on social media? And are there any laws that prosecute catfishers. There are so many questions to answer and here to talk me through all of them is Edward McAndrew. He's a counselor, investigator, and trial lawyer who has been at the forefront of internet law for more than 20 years. He joins me now. Ed, how's it going? It's going great. How are you today? I am doing great. This is actually Ed, right? I'm not being catfished. Um, as far as you know, <laughs> that is true. I guess we'll find out later after this airs. Uh, look, Ed, I- I'm so curious. I have to know the first question that came to mind is how do you know so much about catfishing? Oh, uh, well, the answer to that question may incriminate me somewhat. Um, <laughs> That's all right. We won't tell. I have both investigated a lot of cases involving catfishing and have been involved in catfishing schemes myself. What? Okay, we got to start with the second one. I mean, the the and being involved is very interesting. I do want to get to that, but what is your story? Everyone's has a story, right? Yeah, no, my story is not um in the romance category. It's in the category of having spent 10 years in the US Department of Justice as a federal cybercrime prosecutor. And I think one of the really interesting things about the entire topic is that both criminals and law enforcement personnel engage in catfishing all of the time. It's just that some of it is illegal and some of it is permissible. Okay, break that down for me. What is permissible and what is illegal? If you think about catfishing, it's really pretending to be someone else online, right? Right. And people can do that for good reasons, bad reasons, or somewhere in between, or no reason at all. And, you know, when you pretend to be someone online with what's called criminal intent, and you engage in some conduct that injures someone, you're stepping over the line into criminal conduct. The law doesn't permit that under what are now probably 48 or 49 different state laws and federal law. When you are 
pretending to be a catfish on the internet um, because you're interested in learning more about goldfish, for instance, mm-hmm. and no one gets hurt, that's not illegal. So it's not illegal to be somebody else online in and of itself. It's only illegal, or put another way, it's not illegal to be a catfish. It's illegal to be a catfish that does things that the law prohibits. Okay, let me ask you this, though. You said that um, as long as you're not engaging in something that does someone harm, does that count for their emotional well-being, too? Because I watched the Manti Teo doc, and I would say he was very emotionally distressed by this person who was catfishing him and it kind of ruined his life. Absolutely. And great documentary, by the way, it's hard to believe it's been so long since that conduct occurred. Crazy. But if you think back to, I remember um, his senior year at Notre Dame and not just the conduct, but the incredible year that he had in college football. Mm -hmm. Um, And back then, Think about where we were with social media. It was 2012. Um, The world has changed dramatically in 10 years in terms of social media. And what he fell victim to is unfortunately something that, that at this stage, millions of people have fallen victim to. It's just that their situations may not have been so public. Um, In terms of the harm that's caused, you're absolutely correct. Um, that we see instances where this type of activity, when it's particularly focused on either romantic interests or financial interests, can be devastating for the victims of the crimes or the conduct if it's not actually a crime. So in in the instance of Manti Teo, that was illegal? Um, you know, I, I don't know the facts well enough, or I can't remember them well enough to know if there was, um, a line that was crossed that existed at the time. That is, I don't know if the laws back then I see. were such that they are now that they would have actually prohibited the conduct. Can you It's give- very clear that it caused him severe emotional distress. And that is one of the key injuries that does make catfishing illegal. Okay, I got it. Um, can you give me an instance maybe that you've been involved in, if you can share, where catfishing was legal and, and these things that you're saying, oh, I actually had to do this for my job kind of thing? Yeah, let's, t- let's take the easiest instance I know of, and that's law enforcement agents engaging in catfishing, or as we would call them, undercover operations. Oh, there you go. Investigating crimes. So basically, catfishing is undercover work when it comes to law enforcement. Correct. It's court authorized or it's legally permissible undercover work that has as its objective investigating and ultimately prosecuting Internet-based crimes. So in order to catch the catfish, you sometimes need to be the catfish. Ah, I see that's that's very interesting because obviously uh, catfishing has a negative connotation, which in this instance, I guess it still does because you are pretending to be someone so you can catch somebody. But the fact that law enforcement does it, it's it's a perfect example. I mean, um, you know, going undercover, it's kind of that's something that intrigues us about law enforcement in general is it, are things like that. That's what makes the movies. Right. <laughs> That's right. And if you, I'll I'll take it back. I started in the Department of Justice in 2006 at a time where the, what is now an epidemic of 
online child exploitation crimes was just beginning. And as social media took off, uh, one very disturbing thing that we saw were um, parents who were actually um, putting their minor children out there for sexual abuse, for money. Mm. Um, and we developed online personas called undercover mothers, where the undercover mothers would actually pose as mothers willing to allow someone to engage in this behavior. Um, and then we would, you know, eventually conduct the sting operation where the defendant would show up somewhere and be arrested. Much like To Catch a Predator, uh, you may recall, was on TV way yes. back when. Yeah, so is uh, cat, uh, Catfish. That's also on. Have yeah, you seen it? Yeah, and that's and that's where the word I think really kind of comes from in this in this sense. Um, you know, if you go back to the documentary in 2010, I think it was that Nev Shulman was part of, and you know, of course, it's now turned into just a great show on MTV. I think it's in its eighth year or eighth season. Um, that sort of conduct has been going on for as long as social media has been around, really, mm -hmm. as long as the internet's been around and in, in other in other iterations before the internet was around. So you can kind of play it forward from that documentary. And there was actually a there was a there was a portion of the documentary um, where the husband of the woman who had engaged in the catfishing scheme was talking about, you know, uh, the transportation of all things of cod from Alaska to China and saying, if you put catfish in these big vats of cod to keep them swimming around and moving, they stay agile and the meat therefore tastes better when they ultimately, or the fish tastes better when it ultimately is eaten. That was the idea that a catfish is someone who is deceptive, a fraudster, oh, nimble. That, see, that answers all my questions because I was like, there are a lot of fish. Why a catfish? That makes no sense. But now yeah, you explained it. You, you don't really think of the catfish as being a predator. The catfish is sort of like that, you know, slow moving fish with yeah, whiskers. It's cute. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it's got the little whiskers. Anyone. <laughs> By the way, when you Google catfish, the actual fish doesn't even come up first. It's like the catfish, the TV show. <laughs> well, catfishing is now in the dictionary. Right. As internet impersonation like that's that's a new thing well as as so. the internet becomes more uh prominent in people's lives i guess catfishing probably does too i mean they go hand in hand where where do you think catfish happens the most i mean obviously it happens online but who is susceptible to being catfished uh it's really interesting if if, if you if you think of the term broadly almost everyone mm. um but if you think of it in a more narrow sense it began with romance schemes and romance schemes that were, you know, being carried out for, 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 you know, criminal purposes to defraud people of money or just romance schemes that were be carrying out that were being carried out by others who just, maybe they had their own issues or maybe they were lonely and wanted to meet people on the internet, whatever it was, these romance schemes seem to be where it started. Right. Right. We've seen it move. And the romance schemes, before I jump off of that point, it should be you know, noted, the FBI in 2021 put out data showing that uh, romance schemes, online romance schemes, had resulted in over a billion dollars, that's with a B, 
in losses and fraud losses where people were basically duped or manipulated into sending money to bad guys. Like the Tinder swindler. Correct. I watch a lot of Netflix documentaries. (laughs) You you know, it's interesting. If you take a look at Netflix right now, there's an entire genre devoted to this type of conduct. And I think you're going to see more of it because we're all online. Um, this is not a problem that is really limited to particular types of people, particular areas of the country or the world. Um, it's widespread and it's very hard to detect in some instances. We'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Just to go back to what you were saying about catfishing and the instances where it can be illegal, how many years can you go to jail for catfishing someone? What is the prosecution like? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, if you looked under like just catfishing laws, mm-hmm. you wouldn't find many. There are a handful. I think Oklahoma has one and Utah considered one by name last year. But there are a lot of other laws that apply to catfishing. Think about um, harassment laws, mm. cyberbullying laws, cyber stalking laws, identity theft laws, fraud laws. And the penalties for those laws, for, for violating those laws, can really vary depending on the severity of the conduct and the severity of the injury. So it could be anywhere from no jail time to if you actually cause someone's death by engaging in what federal law calls cyber stalking, which includes online harassment, you can face up to life in prison. Wow. That's if someone unfortunately takes their own life, right? That applies to that. Or someone else kills them because you've manipulated that person into doing so. Wow. Now, there are some horrible people out there. <laughs> so it is it is it is ugly. Yeah, it's it's super ugly. I mean, I just I don't know how someone can find it in themselves to be that deceptive, but I guess I guess it exists. So we obviously with catfishing, um, there are the there are the signs like, all right, maybe they don't want to FaceTime or maybe they refuse to visit or they always have an excuse. Are there any other blatant signs or maybe ones that people don't know about that can tip off the fact that you are potentially talking to a catfisher? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones, let, let, let's start with the, you know, the more serious crimes, like a financial crime, for instance. At some point, someone's going to ask you for money or for access to your bank account information or your credit card information. Red flag. Right. So that's sort of a, that that should be a red flag. Anytime you're being asked for that information um, by anyone, quite frankly, certainly by someone you have not met in person. And even if you have met them in person, you need to be aware because what is the number one defense in all cybercrime cases? Uh, I didn't know. I don't know who they are. Um, oh, that's close. I don't know. Soddy. It's called Soddy. S-O-D-D-I. 
stands for some other dude did it. <laughs> Basically, you never know who's behind a keyboard or right. a mobile device, right? You may think you know, and we're actually at the point now where videography has gotten so good that there's a new, con a relatively new um, concept called baiting, where the catfisher can even get on and fake a video that looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I think it's getting harder to really sort of ferret out um, catfishing behavior. But anybody who's asking for money, anybody who seems in a rush to get you to do something is usually a red flag. Um, those who were really trying to develop an, a deep emotional relationship quickly with someone in an artificial way, um, is another really good flag. Um, you know, and obviously if all the information you can find on the quote unquote person is not adding up online, those are red flags. Right. I know the it really good catfishers are pretty good though, about creating, a digital dossier that matches their false personas. What's so crazy is that, you know, we talk about these things and, and a lot of times you're like, well, that's really obvious. I mean, if they're not wanting to FaceTime, they probably might be fake, you know, or they might be fake rather. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're asking you for your bank account information, even if I met a person in real life and they asked for my bank account information, I'd be like, I'm gone. But, you know, some people get emotionally <laughs> attached and they just they can't decipher what's right and what's wrong in these situations. Yeah, it's really it's really a process of emotional manipulation. Um and, you know, in, in the world of child exploitation law, we called it grooming, where, you know, um, you would have um, sexual predators who, who, you know, were basically communicating with children online and posing as other children, right? And only months into the relationship after the child has really grown emotionally dependent on this person, might they reveal who they are? Mm. Um, you know, and, and we see that all the time and you're seeing it in a lot of these different situations. It's certainly not just with children. Um, it's with adults too, but there's emotional manipulation is a major component of this. And the, and the catfishers who are really good are some of the best fraudsters in the world. Well, yeah. I mean, again, when you think about people who are cheating you out of your own money, they they're con artists, basically. I mean, they've they have something off where they can manipulate people in that kind of way. Um, you know, yeah. I I'm a very straightforward person. I feel like if I realized I was being catfished, I would just, you know, stop communicating with that person. But I know for some people mm -hmm. it's not so easy. Well, how do you end a catfish relationship? Um, I, I it's hard. Uh, but first and foremost, I think is coming to the realization that you're probably in one mm. uh, is one of the most important steps that a person can take. Um, you know, beginning to ask questions and seeing if you're getting answers that add up or not. Um, preserving all of the data is really important because this person on the other end of that phone or that um, device probably has done this to many other people. So saving the information is important, but there comes a point where you just have to click off. You have to say no and not engage anymore. Yeah. Um, if you think you've been 
you know, manipulated in a way that has resulted in financial loss or some other type of behavior that, you know, um, seems criminal, contact the police, call them, um, tell them what's happened and see if you can get help. The FBI is also tracking this type of behavior very closely now and has a website at what's called the Internet Crime Complaint Center. It's www.ic3.gov. Believe it or not, if you fill out a report, someone will likely get in touch with you to talk about what happened um, because there is often a much bigger picture and pattern than what any individual victim can see. All right. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was how do you actually report a catfish? That's good to know. That's a good resource for people who feel like they might be catfished or, you know, maybe maybe they want to report someone. Um, I, the other thing is, OK, so let's say I have I see online that there's a profile made of me. And, you know, it's it's happened before where some one of my friends will be like, hey, this this, you know, account messaged me pretending to be you. And look, I'm not I'm not that I'm not trying to say I'm a big name or anything because I'm not (laughs) I'm a nobody. Um, But, you know, they use my pictures. They say thanks for being a fan, which is hilarious because this is obviously something I would never say, Um, nor do I think I even have fans. Uh, But yeah. So what do I could I sue that? Not that I will. But could I sue that person theoretically for stealing my identity? Yeah. Certainly. Um, What you're hitting on there is someone who's misappropriating your identity, right, to engage in whatever conduct they're engaging in. Mm -hmm. And you have rights in your identity. You have rights in your likeness. You have intellectual property rights to being you and looking like you and um, using your images online, for instance. Um, So you could sue civilly. Um, There may also, you know, we've already talked about some of the criminal laws that could apply. There are identity theft laws in almost in every state and federal identity theft laws that would apply to that conduct. So there could be criminal um, implications. And then in the civil arena, um, there are a number of states that have particular laws that would allow you to sue for that behavior. And then there in all states, there's a way for you to just sue for fraud. It's just there's there's not a statute that says it, but there's what's called the common law, and it would allow you to sue for fraud or invasion of your privacy or misuse of your likeness. Um, so there are lots of things that you could do if you were inclined to do to try to protect the misuse to protect against the misuse of your identity by others. Same thing. Same question I have. Can you can someone sue someone else for catfishing them? Like if you were in emotional like Manti Teo, could he theoretically? Yeah. Ah, he could. There's there's a claim called substantial. Um, I'm sorry, intentional infliction of emotional distress that is recognized in almost Mouthful. every jurisdiction and fraud. Um, and then in Oklahoma, you could sue them under the Oklahoma catfishing statute. Hmm. Um, California, I think, also has a private right of action for people um, whose um, identity is misused online. So there are a lot of different laws. It's just that the laws do not necessarily appear anywhere under the word catfishing in all the legal books that we use to find them. It's just all these other laws that apply. I that that I they're get that. They're old laws. Yep, they're old laws that are being applied to new conduct. Mm-hmm. Ah, I mean that's that's why the 
the law system is what it is. I mean, you you things have been in place for a long time and they can be used in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, our world is changing. Look at social media. Look at the Internet. Certain things are progressing mm-hmm. exponentially. So it's good to know that there are things that we can use. I have to know just because you now, now that said, Abby, oh, yeah. I feel like I have to tell you that the law is slow. The mm. law is ridiculously slow when it comes to technology. Um, for instance, uh, you know, it was only a handful of years ago that the Supreme Court actually decided that you have a right to privacy in your email um, or in the contents of your cell phone. I mean, most of us would have thought, uh, yeah, we thought we knew that kind of thing at the <laughs> time, but no. So like you often see a gap sometimes of five, 10, 15 years between technological developments and the law actually beginning to catch up to them. Right. I, I do have to know what your craziest story that you've heard is, because I mean, there there are some pretty wild ones out there. Oh, that is a hard, that, that's tough. Um, because I see people misuse identities for hacking all of the time. So um, some of the craziest stories I've heard of involve um, foreign intelligence agencies actually using profiles of um, attracted people to get members of um, military outfits to click on links that may launch spyware onto their phones, for instance. That's horrible. That's a pretty good one. What's wrong with people? My goodness. Yeah, you've got that. Um, You know, one of the worst ones I think I've seen personally involved um, a man who was uh, ultimately found to be responsible for cyber stalking resulting in death of his former wife. It was a domestic uh, abuse situation Mm. that escalated terribly. And one of the things that he was doing in the course of the cyber stalking campaign was using the Facebook accounts of his wife's friends that were allowing him to log in uh, as them because they were in cahoots with him to spy on his wife and to spy on his children. So that's, that's, you know, and there's unfortunately a very big domestic abuse component to this type of behavior. I mean, it's, it's just so bad. I mean, I, again, I can't fathom either being in that situation or having it in me to do that to somebody, but I'm, you know, it's good that we're talking about it because there might be someone out there listening to this thinking, Oh, wow, that is a little fishy that someone is saying that to me, or maybe they did come on too strong too quickly. So what is the relationship between catfishing and hackers? Do you see any crossover there? Absolutely. Virtually every hacker is a catfish. And what I mean by that is most hackers um, use false personas, other people's identities, other people's login information, to get into systems in the first place, to get into computers in the first place. Or maybe they find a vulnerability in the network of a system and then once they're in, they take over the accounts of the IT professionals who are charged with actually protecting the systems. And acting as them, they're able to move around the networks and steal things or break things. So it's almost always the case that a hacker is a catfish. Just to wrap things up, Ed, what do you think is the most important thing people need to know about catfishing? Um, That it can happen to anyone. And 
they shouldn't be ashamed if it happens to them. They should try to recognize the behavior and take whatever steps they think are necessary to protect themselves and their loved ones. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the most important thing, uh, that those who are dealing with these situations um, are not alone. There are a lot of people out there who have had similar situations happen to them. There are a lot of people out there who want to help them um and and recognize how wrong this is so i think the key is to try to recognize it um and take action as soon as you as soon as you can to deal with it well ed you have been awesome it's very clear uh that you have been on the forefront of internet law for more than 20 years so thank you for taking the time to come on my podcast i really appreciate it and i wish you all the best moving forward that you never get catfished <laughs> Likewise, same to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, if you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways about catfishing. Number one. Catfishing is basically pretending to be someone online. It can be done for good, bad, or out of entertainment. It actually is used by law enforcement to catch catfishers or someone trying to act nefariously online. It becomes a crime when the catfish engages in something that harms someone or does something illegal. Number two, the majority of hackers are catfish. Almost all internet crimes are carried out by someone using a false identity. That's where the line between identity theft and catfishing becomes a little blurred. And number three, outside of maybe, let's say, a romantic motive, catfishing is used a lot to defraud people of their money. In fact, the FBI in 2021 put out data saying that online romance schemes have resulted in over a billion dollars, that's a billion with a B, in fraud losses. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on catfishing. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.